Welcome to the We Talk Black podcast, where we discuss issues that we believe directly impact the black community and how we can use those issues to prosper because, you know, we got to prosper. So today I have with me two brothers, and we're going to speak of brotherhood today. You guys want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Anthony Jones. Um, I'm a senior political science and entrepreneurship major at Georgia State, and I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Hey. How y'all doing? My name is Karen Christopher K. McCoy. I am a senior business marketing major with a minor in Spanish from Eastern Maryland by way of Baltimore, and I am also a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Is your initials KKK? No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'll tell a funny story about that later. That's later. I'll tell you later. No, let's see. I heard Cameron something. Like no, 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 no. Let's see. Like Cameron, Christopher, Cade, all of it to see. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say like, not. Okay, so you guys are both a member of, say it again, because I don't want to get it wrong. Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Okay, I feel you guys. So, introduce your organization. You guys want to call it organization, organization or fraternity? Uh, I didn't know. Either or, it's kind of interesting. Fraternal okay. organization, usually yeah. what we go by it as. Um, our organization is based around principles of brotherhood, scholarship, and service. Mm-hmm. Um, we are uh, meant to be pillars in the black community. Um, somebody who's a inclu- um, group of people who are inclusive and not exclusive. Um, looking towards the betterment of not only the black people, but the people um, in any way that we possibly can. Um, so I feel like that's a good synopsis, I guess, of what our aims are as a fraternal organization as a whole. Okay, look at you. I was gonna say um, you didn't have to come and say you know we were founded in no I'm about to start and I found it all no 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 we're founded in a long time so I actually went to the we went to the um to the meet the Greeks and that's like I love it because you see just a whole bunch of black people up there repping for their black shit and I just love it that's the type of energy that is needed out here. So I'm going to start doing this. I never asked anybody this before, but you know it's called the We Talk Black Podcast. It was going to be called the Talking Black Podcast, but somebody had that, and that sounds smooth, I don't have room for copyright. Right. How would you describe Talking Black? Uh, for me, I feel like it's a certain type of vernacular, but it's not even about what we're saying. It's more so about the expression of everything. Yeah. You know, okay. like, I feel like I'm more expressive when I'm talking to black people. I can be more myself. I can use my hands. I can express myself more, as opposed okay. to how I contrast it is like, code switching you know mm-hmm. like if i'm in a predominantly caucasian environment i feel like i can't talk as black as i would like you know okay how about you um, i'm gonna start asking everybody this every guest it's <laughs> interesting for me because i've lived on both sides of the track i've been in a predominantly white school and i've been mm-hmm. in a predominantly black school so how that's interpreted is a little bit different like when i was in a predominantly white school talking black was just simply anything that was uh ebonics per se like anything mm-hmm. that was outside of the grammatical norm for the majority type of people like versus me a uh, guy saying hey how you doing versus what's up bro like what's good with you you good money like you know what i'm saying <laughs> you, you shot you. So, like that's little things that if i were to say that in the office i think my boss would look at me pretty weird like, mm-hmm. it's good bro <laughs> yeah, what you mean we solid what does that mean Sorry. like what are you trying to say yeah so like understand. just all the like the different you know like you said vernacular that um us the black community choose to use to communicate with each other and I just feel like sometimes um, talking black and acting black gets mm-hmm. like interpreted the wrong way or take or used as like a, a way for white people to make try to make us feel comfortable, which I don't like at all. Like yes, like no. oh you like oh you talk white or you talk black. Just because I speak with eloquence does not mean that I'm talking white. That means right. I'm an elo- I'm an eloquent eloquent educated black man. But tell them. I guess that's how I'm talking black. Them. You know, <laughs> we like. were actually in the pool the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was playing some song. What song was that? Um, I don't know what song. Oh, I was playing some song, and I was like rapping it away. And there was this 
black guy across the pool with like five white people and he looked over at us he was like hey it's like when you go into like you go into a meeting or something you see that mad white people you look at that one black dude yeah like, i was like that like, for dude, me did something go left <laughs> me and you got each other like it's, like that. That, it's like that video of obama you know where he's mm-hmm. just shaking all the white guys yeah to me that is what talking black is like we understand like your white friends over there they don't get us mm-hmm. right now but we're having a moment okay yeah. and we don't even know each other we never spoke i've never seen you before but we understand mm-hmm. what exactly does brotherhood mean to you guys brotherhood to me like i was thinking about it this week is being able to go to other campuses and just relate mm-hmm. to the brothers there you know for example like we went to morehouse this week just to chop it up and promote our party coming up this saturday and it's a completely just natural environment okay. like a natural meshing over a common I want to say struggle but a common bond that we mm-hmm. have you know as being members of the same organization once again big back what my brother said I feel like uh, the, the quote surmises a lot of that if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together um, I think that brotherhood is, is just just like you said those small acts of kindness that are, are subconscious it's mm-hmm. not something you have to think about just just me looking I see he has the same wristband as me on I know he, he understands and wants to serve the community the same way I do. Mm-hmm. And even if, like, this is, this is mind you, this is a Greek unity thing. It's the same thing across all Dina organizations. I look at Alpha the same way, you know, with the same level of love and support. But, you know, brothers within our organization, brotherhood is just a means, a means of understanding that regardless of circumstance or situation, I see you, I hear you, I'm here for you, and we're here to uplift and be the catalyst for each other's success. Okay. What was that quote you just said? If you, you want to go, go fast, fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Okay, I'm feeling that because I'm, I'm, it's like I have a lot of, I'm a pre-law major. I have a lot of plans for the community that I'm trying to get together. And I was thinking about my time frame and how I'm going to do this. Uh-huh. And it's really dawning on me that this isn't a me thing, you know. Even even trying to help some people, this isn't like the organizations I start. It's not going to be a me organization. It's going to be an us organization. That's why I say like this is our platform. Like, it's we talk, we are talking black. This isn't about me talking black. This isn't just because there's not a co-host here. I always say issues that we believe directly impact the black community because it's what I believe and it's what the people who come on here believe and it's what other black people believe. It's all about us. (laughs) So how long have you guys been members? So I joined in the spring of 2018. And I joined uh, fall 17. 17? How old are you? I'm 20. I just turned 21 in August. You guys are young. Yeah. <laughs> 2017. Mm-hmm. So that was the first. And the younger first, than him. Yep. Okay. First semester wow. of eligibility. That's when I was made. Because you have to have you a certain amount of. freshman? No, I crossed it. No, I crossed my first semester sophomore year. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So like the like that fall that we came back was when I. You have to have a, a certain amount of credits and everything, right? Yeah, yes. So the standard is if you're, you have to have an institutional GPA. Mm-hmm. So that's why people are able to cross their freshman year if they did like dual enrollment, different schools. Exactly. Like it's only different. It's just it matters about the hours, like the credit the hours, stuff like that. Like me, I wasn't a transfer student, but um, at, at like the moment you become a sophomore, like on paper and then you're in the system, like mm-hmm. in Morehouse, kind of it's different at different schools sometimes mm-hmm. where like they have different like legalities and stuff you have to handle. But once you become a sophomore on paper, like once you get your credits moved on, you're on as a sophomore, you're immediately eligible. Um, and you just have to meet the GPA requirements. At, at Morehouse, you have to have a minimum of a three point oh, but it's also different for each organization. So okay. for uh, um, Alpha's on their campus, I believe it's like a three point five that you're required to have. Really? Yep. And then like other, it just depends on you know 
that's one of the things I love about it is because it doesn't just focus on, hey, you're black, you can join. Mm -hmm. No, you have to be black. You have to be getting your studies like you're in college for a reason. Don't just be here bullshitting. You have to have this GPA to say, hey, I'm doing my work. I'm actually trying to learn. It's not like one of those things where, you know, don't you have to go to college for like a year or some change to go to the NFL or the yeah, that's okay. Yeah, like you can't that. go to you can't uh, go into the NBA draft unless you've um, done at least one full year. So um, that, like they're not even concerned about what you're doing in that year. Mm-hmm. You just have to be there. Go a year and come on, we'll take you. Like no, but you guys are focused on. You guys are doing your work. Quality. We're here quality. for yeah. We're here for a reason. Quality. We are quality. here for a reason. So can you guys? I don't know if you guys talked about this already because you're friends and everything like that. But like, do you know the differences between HBCU? Crossing versus PWI crossing. Uh, That's an interesting. One. It really is. I was. I've been thinking about that question all week. <laughs> That's the one I was stuck on. Honestly. Because I. I don't know. Like for me, crossing at a PWI. Well, for me, Georgia State doesn't really feel like a PWI, but it's, it's, in, the me, it's in the middle of Atlanta. To me, it really does not at yeah. all. African Americans are the highest um, minority group here, so it doesn't really feel like a PWI. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I feel like it's a bigger sense of pressure, you know, because yeah. okay. it's a smaller. It's a smaller group, and then when you join your organization, it's an even smaller group that you're mm-hmm. a part of. So I'll definitely feel like it's a, a larger sense of pressure. Whereas as opposed to HBCU, everyone's black, so it's kind of like the pressure is not as much there. It's, it's kind of weird. I think the the different the pressure that's different, like we don't have like we don't have to deal with the pressure of having to protect our blackness from a white majority, yeah. or have to like be cognizant of how we can be implicated or seen by our yeah. white counterparts. I know that's okay, something. Yeah. That's I mean, something no, yeah, I definitely feel that. That's something very difficult. And by the same time, I feel like an issue in the community which makes a different equation of the pressures, the co- level of competition that exists mm-hmm. within our own black community. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I become Greek, it's like a power move like, on HBCU campus where it's like the Greeks kind of certain, like, they get kind of looked at in a weird way. There's a lot of stereotypes and mm-hmm. misperceptions that go along with it that um, aren't as prevalent in a school that's more diverse because you're getting a lot of different cultures and different perspectives coming together. Mm-hmm. And even though like, HBCU, of course, is different cultures, is different microcosm within the black culture. So I'll like for example, if uh, I go for my freshman year next year I cross, I have to deal with a lot of different opinions, views on me. People think I changed because I'm in an org. <laughs> people have people have total misconceptions of what it truly means to be yeah. Greek. Like there's people who literally think that like being Greek is like some like satanic. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> you know I, mean? I got that a lot after I crossed. It was like, how can you be Greek and Christian? I'm like, that, what are you talking not, about? That doesn't make. It's any just sense. the letters for the org. Like, yeah, can't can't really brought up a good point. I feel like at Georgia State, because we're so diverse, it mm-hmm. kind of hurts us, yeah. and people kind of categorize Greekness all together, yep. and then it waters down what each individual council means. You know, so like our council, we're MPAT, but then there's the Panhellenic Council, there's the Multicultural, there's Different. There's IFC, which is the um, predominantly Caucasian fraternities. So it's just like they kind of group that all together, and it sort of waters down our differences. Definitely. Speaking of watering down, and I don't know if this is. Project my water. Oh, oh, <laughs> that was the most. Did you get that on camera? That was the most brotherly thing you might have look on cue. Grab this hand. What? I was like, what? Okay. Speaking of watering down, can you give me? I didn't write this. I just thought about it. Like when you say watering down, mm-hmm. um, what is your opinion on? People of not black Caucasian people um, crossing the non fraternities. I don't know if you're allowed to. Oh, no, that's not yeah, I mean, my chapter has a couple of those. We have okay. a couple of uh, non African American brothers in our fraternity. And I really feel like it speaks to our fraternity's principles mm-hmm. of inclusion rather than exclusion. You know, if you believe in what our fraternity is 
forward, which is Brotherhood Scholarship and Service, then me personally, I don't really see a problem with it just because you see that this is a better option to other options, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I have a lot of friends, it's kind of like him, I went to a predominantly white school mm -hmm. too. So when I came to Georgia State, when I'm learning about Greek life, all my friends are showing me white fraternities, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, yo, y'all don't, what do y'all do? What do you care about, <laughs> you know? What do y'all, what's the plan? So kind of in reverse, if people, if white people are seeing what our fraternity stands for and they're agreeing with that more than what their white fraternity stands for, okay. then I feel like, it's good, you know. You know, better answer than I was gonna get. <laughs> I, I, that's such an interesting thing because it's like, a, like once again, I don't current. We don't currently have anyone like at an HBCU. Yes, like we have like literally one white dude I think at Morehouse at this point right now. Good dude, never. They did like a Vice um, video on him actually. Really, and ironically, like Vice News came and did a whole. And, and that's a whole other thing. I, trust me. Me, I know. Look, I know. I got my own opinion about that too. Like, I know. Can I? You want to discuss yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that does that. Not bother you? Oh, bothers the, the, the mess out of me. And that's what what I'm about to say about that is kind of how I feel about black organizations that white people join. Like, they went to an HBCU and did an article on a white person. Not, and not anything else that had to do with the school. Not an like HBCU. I'm going to Harvard and doing, a, I am a black And they did an article on a white person. And he's not even, like, he's mixed, like, he's white. He's like, like, I can't, I gotta remember, like, the whole story, I don't even want to speak on, on somebody and I don't know the whole story. It's, uh, a, it's not his fault. I, no, I'm not saying it's, it's No, just, no, no. I, yeah, I so, feel yeah. like that's what, I, well, that's why I said watering down because it kind of takes away from the fact, because let me be honest, there was a point where I was down for the swirl. Mm. One touch and one ten for four right now. Mm. When I went to Georgia, when we were at Georgia Southern, there was this white Sigma, matter of fact. Mm. And I noticed the reaction that he would get from the crowd. Being in this black organization, doing the exact same thing that these brothers are doing, but the fact that he's a white guy, everybody's attention was always drawn to him. You don't feel like it takes away? But I think those are issues within how black people have like have adopted white commonalities no, yeah. and perceptions. It's like now that we don't have white people chasing us around the hoods every day, mm -hmm. um, the only difference is they're wearing badges now. But like walking around chasing us in whites and stuff every day, it's like we automatically feel like we're on the same level. This we're still living in a system that was not built for us in the first place. So like so we can see the we can see how the transparency to look at uh, somebody who's Caucasian and be like are you a good brother? Do you like? Do you understand? Like you'll never truly understand because you're not black. But do you respect? Do you have the the audacity and, and mindset to say I'm gonna st take that bravery, take that step, and put myself out there, knowing what my history stands for as, as a white man, knowing what my history stands for, what it, my history has done to you and your ancestors, and be like I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I need to do to try to rectify and change that. Mm -hmm. And you and they have that same level of blindness that black people have shown to other. Cultures that don't that's not shown to us, that mm -hmm. level of oh it's not. like we are inviting everybody to the cookout and we ain't getting no invites to no cookouts. Basically what I'm saying. I, I hate that. So it depends <laughs> oh on the my person. God, I so I don't blame I, I'm more upset about the reaction mm -hmm. versus that per that person being a member of our organization. What was the re yeah. what is Yeah, the, so but that's what I'm saying. The reaction is definitely a problem and it the fact that you just said that kind of just like had a light bulb over my head because it's the way I'm seeing, I'm like learning to look at things from different angles right now. Um, so the way I'm seeing it is how us as a crowd are treating this white person versus how we're treating the brothers that are up Do there. It. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And it's like, it kind of makes me, it upsets me. Mm -hmm. It really upsets me. <laughs> but um, it makes me kind of like 
focus more not really on the bigger picture because what you're saying is we really have to fix why we're reacting this way Mm -hmm. instead of why this white guy is at the fraternity we have to fix why we are because we're the only people making a big deal. You know? Exactly. Like I'm not yeah. I, when I like to us we're strolling next to the like yeah. Yeah. Going, well, we're yeah. like when like, I'm strolling next them. to do this. All right, bro. We about yeah. to get busy. It's not no oh white dude. This is your moment, white chocolate. Like <laughs> like like I'm not thinking that. Yeah. So it's like my perception of what like is going like our perception as mm-hmm. him being a member of our organization is totally different. And I, once again, that comes from. You know, like I said before, the discrepancies and miscommunication that we have in our own community about our own organizations. Mm-hmm. And that creates, like, you know, a lot of social media does has a big part of that, whether it be cancel culture, whether it be um, how people are very, ignore the truth when the lies more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, stereotypes. Stereotypes, like all of that. You so know. much. I, it just, the whole article about the white guy that HSD. Oh, oh, I read, I read it about three times to make sure I wasn't, like, crazy. Me? Oh, that's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Insane, and it's, it's I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and one of the podcasts that I listen to ran by two black women. They've had two kappas on, who mm-hmm. were white. Really, both of them. Yes, both of them. Do separate occasions, but they were both white. There was no, like you know, representation for the black organization mm-hmm. by the black people in it, and that just kind of like throws me off. That just, but that's not even that's back to my reaction on how I'm feeling about it because. Mm-hmm. I didn't invite them to the podcast. The women, they did. And they invited them for a reason. So, you know, whatever. But it's a sex podcast. It's not about, you know. Yeah. You know. I'm saying. <laughs> about something else, folks. So, um, so what made you choose? Can you say what made you choose the HBCU? Um, honestly, um, I had a very weird and rough upbringing. Mm-hmm. I don't even go to details. Stereotypical black kid. Daddy uh, disappeared. Um. Mom upset, texting out on you, you got money issues, stuff like that, all that. We all understand that, so I don't feel the need to like harbor on that. But what I do know is in my time growing up, I've had a lot of different experiences with other cultures. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like I wanted to challenge myself by stepping outside of what I was used to. Because I went from one extreme to another, and I never, I always felt like the outcast in both of them. Mm-hmm. Like in the predominantly, you know, black, I still had my homies, you know what I'm saying? I still was, you know, getting in trouble, all that good, good stuff. And I wasn't supposed to be doing, but at the same time, I still was. I still had a three point five seven GPA. Still was a Maryland distinction. A lot of people I was running with, okay, was having, flex. I'm not as <laughs> humble flex. Like had two point threes, two point fours. Like didn't make it out of high school. Like I still visit my friends in jail like, every time I go home. Like stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then I went to a predominantly white like high school, mm-hmm. and I'm doing the same things. And now it's like, who's this black kid coming to school in a suit every day? And I'm seeing all these other kids coming there in Jordans and da-da-da, whatever. So then I started, I was an outcast there. So I felt like me going to HBCU was an opportunity for me to be in a pond with like-minded fish. And um, it was just, it was something. And the fact that I'm the one only kid in my, I'm a first-generation um, college student, and I'm the first student to go, out, like, extremely far away from school. Like, everybody else went to school in Maryland. Like, so me going to Atlanta was just a big step in faith in me. But what, what made you choose that? I, I skimmed past the part that you said, Maryland. What made you come all the way to Atlanta? Um, Maryland born. <laughs> uh, to be honest, there's too much stuff out there to try to get into that ain't the right thing to get mm-hmm. in trouble. Cause like, especially like from Baltimore to Easton. Like Baltimore and Easton are two totally different places. Like Baltimore is like the Detroit of the East. And then you got Easton, it's like... Hi there, folks. Like, this is different. And then I come to Atlanta. It's just so much culture that I needed. It was like the culture shock that I I needed to. I needed. Like, I needed to be around people like that. Because I've experienced everything. So Mm -hmm. there was something else out there for me. 
and I knew and I had to. Yeah. <laughs> I had to come challenge. Now I'm on a podcast. See, we did a dig, mom. We made it, mom. Yeah. What about you? What made you choose Georgia State? Because, like you said, it really doesn't feel like. Yeah, and I feel like that fact was a big determining factor mm-hmm. in my decision to come to Georgia State because I didn't really know where I wanted to go to college. You know, I was just kind of applying wherever. Um, I got into pretty much everywhere. I got into Morehouse, yep. got into NYU, uh, Brandeis, schools like that up north. But Flex. those were just kind of like Flex. schools, you know. Yeah. I wanted a place that I could call home. And yeah. since moving, because okay. I used to live in Brooklyn. And okay, I was going to say, are you, did you come from Brooklyn too? No, I, I lived in Georgia when I was okay. here. I got to high school down here. Okay. So I wanted some place that I could call home, and I've really grown to call Atlanta home. So yeah. I love, like, my family's a big part of my life. I want to be close to my family. Uh, the bang for me buck, like, Georgia State is crazy affordable compared to other schools for your degree. Trust me. My bank account looks stupid. I was, I was talking, I was at a, a church retreat last weekend, and I was talking to some of the guys from Morehouse, and the amount of money they paid in a semester, I haven't even given to Georgia State yet, and I'm about to graduate. So, I have heard that they are more expensive. Is that a, is there a reason? Bad financial, bad financial literacy in, in black community is why it's so expensive. Yeah, I feel like and it's private school too. Yes, and yeah, the, the, okay. the with private schools is a lot different regarding accreditation and stuff like that. We don't have state funding, so mm-hmm. they have we have to go through a bunch of different uh, avenues to occur the same amount of expenses with less amount of resources. Mm-hmm. And add the fact that there's a, I don't think there's a strong like especially the HBCU issue. It's not just a. You can go ahead. I, uh, <laughs> I, like, I like how we all look together like. But, um, Here, beat man, you okay? During this commercial break, man, one shout out, um, O'Reilly. <laughs> 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 better chances, better parts. You feel me? Oh, what oh, do y'all know oh, that? O'Reilly. I don't parts. Ow! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> my wife's over state. So, yeah, like, I really just want to be close to my family. Um, and I love Atlanta. Like, I've been, my dad works at Grady, so I've been coming down here for the longest. Okay. And really, I feel like Atlanta is a parallel for my life, just how it keeps continuously growing. Like, I, there, we were, Kim and I were just talking about this. There is never anywhere in Georgia, in Atlanta that's not under construction. Oh, literally, the nothing. school nowhere exactly. Freaking so I feel like it's a big uh, parallel for my life. Like it's always something new to work on, you know. Okay. And it's just giving me an environment to grow and become a better leader. So, what were you guys' reactions? Because you said you're first generation college. Mm-hmm. So your family wasn't like you know, hey, yeah. D nine, D nine. No, know? my mom's a Delta. Right? Really? Yes, yeah, my mom is an education legend, but I was the first one to go out of state. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so you said your mom's a Delta. Uh-huh. So that's surprising. Because you said um, first generation, so I was like, okay. So uh, yeah. nobody knew. On, my, on my father's side. Okay. My, my mom's been to school and all that. Okay, she okay, so on your father's side. So was, in childhood, did you ever know anything about D9? Mom, oh, I knew nothing about Greek life. I tell people all the time, the first program I went to was my own. Like, it's the craziest, <laughs> oh, geez, the craziest really? thing. Uh, like, me too, I can't Especially because, like, my parents are Caribbean, so my dad's from Trinidad, my mom's from Jamaica, and that's kind of, like, where all my family comes from. So, mm-hmm. I knew nothing. Like, there's no talk of Greek life in that organism, in, like, in that realm of the world, you know? And, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, listen, no, it's <laughs> like... It's crazy to me. Every I think about that a lot. Where it's like I didn't know much about Greek life before. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. You know. So what was your reaction when you learned that? Oh, black people do this shit too. Oh snap! I got okay. <laughs> um, that was that's funny because 
Mind you, okay, so my mom got elephants all over the house. <laughs> like, it's red. If I had red everything, people thought okay. I was blood, how much red <laughs> I had. And my mom, I'm not a boy, so like I can't, I'm not going to be a Delta no time soon. So, like, she's over here talking about, here, get some red, here's an elephant in your room. I'm like, mom, what are you, like, preparing me for? But, like, and I, so, like, similar to you, I didn't know anything about fraternities as well. I knew that Greek life existed. But I had no idea. That niggas. Yeah, we was, we was in here doing it too. So I get to school and like I'm seeing the benches and stuff. And I remember it was it's the funny ironic because I the bench I almost sat on is the org I'm about I'm in now. But, you almost sat on Oh, you're crazy. Mind you, did I don't know nothing about these benches, right? Like I know what alphas are. That's the only thing I knew because there was mm-hmm. mentees, mentors, and stuff I had that were alphas back in high mm-hmm. school and stuff. But I'm like, oh, fan club that are in, whatever. I didn't know what it was. So I come to campus and I remember it's right by my dorm because all of the the uh, Morehouse, all of the seats. They're by the boys. Right by the boys, and I remember walking up and I'm like, oh man, I'm tired. I've been like moving stuff in all. <laughs> Let me sit I down. To, I went to sit down, and this this janitor who just so happened to be a sigma, because he like he's over all the cleaning like all over like the like the three schools like that's how he makes his money, but he actually still goes out and works and you know he makes like six figures like cool as do that. He's like, no, like, like no. I'm like, but what the problem? Like, I'm from the hood. What, what's the problem, bro? Like, got an issue with me? He's like, dude, nah, don't. Them benches, no go. And like, he's as he's saying this, I turn around and like, eighteen sigmas are all walking. I don't know how they must have got a word or something. Like, I was just the like, bad signal, huh? Oh, they all just came out. I'm like, oh, I'm about to get jumped. Oh, something. But it, but they really was just coming out the thing, and they all already sat there and talked to me like for like two hours about mm-hmm. life, and just like we were just randomly, and they was like explaining all this stuff to me. I'm like, whoa! Oh, so, this is real. Yeah, so that, that's, that's when I, that's when I was like, oh, because I almost sat on that bench. So yeah. changed your life. <laughs> what about you? Uh, for me, well, what you were saying like our introduction to what? Yeah, what was your reaction? Oh, reaction. When you found out that black people do this, like, okay, black organizations. Well, do this. my like kind of introduction. To explain that, I kind of talk about like how I got introduced to my chapter and then okay. my fraternity. Uh, sophomore year, I was in SGA. I was mm-hmm. speaker of the Senate, and my executive vice president, who's the person like directly above me, was is now my profile. And just kind of seeing how he interacted with his brothers and how he would bring them around the office, how they dressed, how they moved, their work ethic. Like I was kind of like, oh shoot, like it's people about their business, you yeah. know? Because growing up, I felt like I was always. The outsider like wearing suits and dressing up and being about my business going to church on Sundays things like that but seeing that there were other guys that were actually doing that too it's just like oh shoot like I can, I can rock with this you know okay like yeah like this is what I'm trying to do exactly. like I'm trying to bond with these motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> so what made you guys for that I feel like you just answered yeah. did, did you almost sitting on the bench make you want to join nah, no no what made you decide like yeah it's funny. Um, I call this story uh, refurbished Crips because uh, that's, that's what I used to call Sigmas when I first got here. I was like, man, these are refurbished Crips. They got suits on. They ain't in the streets. But um, I remember I met um, a Sigma. His name is Zaylin Bernard Quinn Gray. Um, he graduated. He just graduated from Morehouse um, a couple years ago. Um, he was the dean of my line. And um, he's from um, my area. He's like from D.C. area. Um I remember meeting him at the Meet the Sigmas event because I just remember uh, one of my RAs was um, Greek and he was like, mm-hmm. he said, hey man, I know it's random me to ask you, you want to come by Meet the Sigmas? It's a very chill, kind of similar to an interest meeting, but it's a very chill version of it. You know, just sit down, have snacks, and we just talk about, you know, fraternity, what it means to us, and, you okay. know, stuff like that. I'm like, eh, whatever, I got nothing to do. <laughs> so went there, sat there, talked with a bunch of people there, and then afterwards, 
I'm like reading his bio and I'm like literally matching up to my life. Like literally like his his mom's a Delta as well from the exact same chapter. Didn't even know that just so happened to be lying, like knew each other, stuff like that. And, okay. And we sit there, he I get in the car with him, like afterwards, we're just sitting there talking. He's like, Man, if you're really interested about Superman, the only thing I ask for you is if you get the opportunity to to fall through with it. Um don't worry about any pressure from me, come to me whenever you're ready. And I had that conversation, just his ability to look at me as somebody he loved and supported. Like, he gave me a place to stay during the summer when I was getting my GPA up to be eligible. Like, he just did everything he could just to be a, a brother to me with no expectation of anything in return. And that's what it's about. That's yeah. the main thing. Like, people, yeah, that's what it did. like, where we shouldn't be acting in reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Ooh, like, good vocab. Thank you. I can let nothing into a podcast. But um, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be acting that way. Like you should do things for people because it's in your heart. Like this makes this is what you want to do, not because oh, okay, you are gonna pay me back or you know exactly. I'm gonna need a favor coming on down the line or like something like that. So a big reason uh, why I joined, um, just seeing the work that the brothers mm-hmm. in my chapter above me were doing. You know, like I was saying, my now profile was the executive vice president. Uh, my other profile, he was the first president of the Consolidated Georgia State. And just seeing that ability and how the chapter elevated them to be great, you know, mm-hmm. and just brought out all their leadership characteristics, that's something that was really attractive to me, as well as there's a lot of signals in politics. Like a big inspiration to me is John Lewis, and he's also a signal. And I've actually had the opportunity to meet him on a couple of occasions because of okay. the fraternity. So, yeah. That's great. That's what I was thinking, the fact. The um the fact that it's a nationwide thing, like you global. go global, global, that's global, global thing. You get to go like different places and see people who like, who have the mindset that you have because that's what I think is important about the the fact that there are different organizations and not just one big organization exactly. yeah. because you guys are you guys are different and you guys are going on different paths and you guys are and it it kind of expresses the diverse the, the diversity in Black people. Mm-hmm. I fuck with that. But so, why, what made you guys choose D9 instead of a more inclusive? I'm an HBC. We only got D9. So I, I, I was thinking that. I was going to say, I ain't got no other, I ain't got no other choice. So, uh, like, for yeah. you, you know how you yeah. said the uh, white people who cross with you guys yeah. is better than... And when I say more inclusive, obviously inclusive, mm-hmm. um, it's like, you know, the, the, like the multicult- multicultural ones and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, what made you... D nine instead. Uh, it's really the representation, like the IFC, IFC fraternities. Uh, when I would go out with my friends that were in those, I'd look around. I'm like, I'm the only black guy here. This is crazy. Yeah, it's so it's just I didn't want that for myself. I didn't want to feel like an outsider mm-hmm. anymore, you know. And the inclusion and brotherhood I felt from Phi Beta Sigma is really like what attracted me to it. You know, exactly. all the guys were just really willing to help you, you know, mm-hmm. and help you get where you needed to go. So as far as multicultural, uh, yeah, I just. It wasn't for you. No, it just wasn't for me. <laughs> no, Greek housing. Yeah. Why Why is there never black denied Greek housing? That is, I, I know for a fact, I can explain for the HBCUs, because I know it's a little different to the state schools and stuff. For the HBCUs, there's a lot of like legislation that's passed that like, has like disallowed that due to like, you know, people in um 80s, 90s, who like a lot of hazing stuff that happened in the 80s and 90s. Because of these like Greek house things and stuff like that, that was, of course there's no means of representation of what the, what our order represents or what any of the divine nine you know should represent. And because of that, a lot of the schools implicated rules that allow you know like you can't have a Greek housing on campus. You can't like it, it's amazing at HBCUs that we still even have benches and stuff like that because of like legislation and stuff that's passed. So I know that's like more of like a paperwork legislative type of like issue. 
So you said for HBCUs, is it? Do you know if it's the same for? It's not like it's funny that you say that. Uh, my organization is actually the only MPAC on campus to have a Greek house. Mm-hmm. That's dope. So we have a Greek house on campus right off of Edgewood. Is it like Greek? Is it like a Greek row? Or you guys? Yeah. So that? there's actually like I'm not sure if you're familiar with on campus, but we have like Patton Hall, which is the freshman I know hall. What you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and then right behind it is Greek housing. So mm-hmm. we're the only MPAC there. It's also the other IFCs and then the Panhellenic fraternities and sororities back there too. Okay. And. For Georgia State, it's really just more so about numbers because you need to have a certain amount of occupants to fill the house in order for the house to be considered like your Greek house. Mm-hmm. But how it's set up is... And they have to be students and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So a big difference, I will say, is for MPAC fraternities and sororities, we don't, or at least for the fraternities, we don't cross as many guys, you know? We don't have as many guys come in at one time. So, but as opposed to the white fraternities and white sororities, they're, they call them bids, like their rushes or their pledge classes are really big. So they're able to fill these 20, 30 person houses easily because they bring in so many new members every exactly. semester. Mm-hmm. As far as us, we can go two years without bringing, any, bringing really? in any new guys. We just did that, literally. Yeah. We really? just did like, it's cause, it's cause like with eight people, we would be like, it's not like we didn't need to you know be adding yeah. extreme amount of members at the time. Like, Majority of my line that came in was sophomores, so we had all had two years of time being in the in in the fraternity on campus. So there was no issue in regards to having enough people to sustain the amount of work that we needed to get done, and that that we were able to delegate in a, in a manner that was effective for the chapter and for you know the fraternity. So um, we could it's like I said, like you know you you cater to a lot. You've been in situations like that before. You've seen it in plenty of other schools, like. You get, you got a good solid amount of people and they're all they're all getting what they need to get done. You don't need any new members. You don't need any new members. So. so do you guys? So when you say you don't need any more members, it's like we don't want any new no, members. No, it's not. It's not we don't want. It's want. The, it's like that more that we're, we're like what we need. We're at max. We're at good capacity. Like we're mm-hmm. not. It's not. It can always be better. It always be better, but it also determines. It goes back to applicants and stuff too. Um, so how do we change that? Because you said like if you have a chapter with like eight people. You know, it's hard for you to reach an entire student body. Oh, make it happen. Eight people. So is there not, is there something that, you know, are there any kind of events besides like meet the green where you get more people out? Well, I think that comes from Like how do we recruit these black people? Yeah, it kind of goes chapter to chapter. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. especially for my chapter, I will say how we recruit is more so just our involvement on campus. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I knew nothing about Greek life coming in to Georgia State. I was just able to see these brothers in leadership positions and the constant overarching theme was that they were all men of Phi Beta Sigma, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just a visibility thing. We did, we ha- we do have different events on campus. Like, we as an organization nationally are collecting supplies for the Dorian hurricane that mm-hmm. just hit the Bahamas. Because like we were saying internationally, Bahamas is part of Phi Beta Sigma. Like, we have chapters there as mm-hmm. well. So different events like that, and especially at Georgia State, each organization has their week of events where like people can come out and learn more about the organization. Okay. So we, yeah. we, do, we do what's necessary. I, I think that's, visibility is a big thing. And also, like, chapter to chapter, we spend a lot of time with, with the other schools. Like, mm-hmm. we come to Georgia State all the time. They come to Morehouse all the time. The representation is just what matters. If they see what the overarching theme is, mm-hmm. um, as my brother said, that allows people to see, you know, what our org can provide them and, and represent for them. And so when we're like, oh, we don't need any new members, we're just saying that at the time we have people who are able to fill every leadership position. So bringing new members is more of a choice versus like, oh, we gotta get you know more people, mm-hmm. or we have to get more people wearing our letters. Cause it's more about what the those the quality of what work that those people are doing. Like we have um, nine active members on our chapter, but yet we just broke the record for like the most programs done in one year. We did fifty three programs. Like so, 
Like, and I know brothers, brothers in Georgia State have been doing amazing. They consistently, annually, every year, have been blowing out of water when it comes to programs and supporting the community and the campus. Mm-hmm. So it's always about what, what are we doing? What, what is the main goal right now? What, okay. what are the problems we're trying to solve right now? Yeah, okay. that's something I really love about Sigma. It's not as much about how many brothers we have in a chapter or how many brothers we have going out and doing things. It's more so the quality of our work. You know, mm-hmm. what are we actually doing to help better the community as opposed to what looks good on the Instagram post? Well, see, for me, I was I was thinking more of a how do we get more brothers involved in an organization that is, you know, trying to get them on a path that they need to go on. Like, Such how do we get... Such young age or something like, like that? Well, how, how... Like, see, you guys didn't know about it before coming in besides you knowing about Delta, but you didn't know anything about Greek life. Mm-hmm. So how do we get people to think on a mindset to say, you know, oh, I can't wait to go to college so that I can try to, you know, do something like this. Sigma Beta Club. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's one yeah. of our yeah. national programs. Is okay. We'll have different alumni chapters mentor high school students. Okay. And that's like another exposure way for those high school students to know about Greek life and know about Phi Beta Sigma coming into college. That's good. I was just um, watching something that Killer Mike did, and he was he was saying that a lot of, a lot of college students come to him and they ask him, like, what can he do in the community? And he was saying, go to a high school, you know, find someone who's interested in what you're interested in or someone who's like-minded with you, a black person, of course, mm-hmm. and have them replace you. Go find a senior, have them replace you at the college that you're at. Like, that's very important for us to be in the high school's children's ears. Because when I was in high school, I wasn't going to college. Mm-hmm. There was no... My... my um. What was they called? Uh, who were they called? The people who help you with your classes? Oh, counselors. Counselor, yeah. She was... Oh, you had me lost. <laughs> she was, like, switching my classes. She was like, well, I'm going to put you in this math class just in case you want to go to a four-year college. And I was letting her know, like, I'm not going to college. I didn't go until three years after high school. I was like, I'm not. This isn't something that I'm interested in. I hated school. Mm-hmm. And even then, I didn't really know about Greek life. I knew that our band called themselves something... Greek wise, and they were like, you know, yeah, because I know they in college they have bands fraternity, yep, yeah. So our I know that a band did stuff like that, but I didn't know, and it kind of introduced me to how serious it was because I remember I was like a band manager because I couldn't play the trumpet. (laughs) So um, I remember there were times where I would just walk in and like the dancing girls they were dancing, and they're dancing. They're not, you know, I'm not worried about them. They're just dancing. Let me go away walk. And there was this girl, and she like pulled you back. Yeah, she's like, "Don't walk through us." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, excuse me, like this is serious, okay?" But then it like, and then watching like all of the videos I watch of D9 organizations strolling and all kind of stuff like that, like there, this is a serious matter. But I, but I always go back to this girl, like just I was like a sophomore or something. She just pulled my book bag. She was just like, uh, come on, man. That's come on, back. And she was like, and she was just she like, pulled me to the side. She was like, don't walk through us. And I was like, okay, sister. <laughs> okay. So, um, what kind of opportunities would you say this organization has provided you guys so far? Uh, definitely mentors mm-hmm. in different aspects of my life. You know, we were just... We were just talking in our group chat today about different like financial literacy things, and I feel like that's a big part that the black community doesn't really talk about. So financial literacy definitely, as well as just having a network of brothers that have gone through and are going through what you're going through, and are kind of already through it to give you advice on how to get through it. You know, like I feel like college is a very 
transformative time in a lot of our lives and having older brothers to help direct you through that is really important. Definitely. Um, like iron sharp, iron sharpens iron, you know, so um, my live brother, um, his name is Keon Nicholas Aaron Berry. Um, you know everybody's whole name. <laughs> yeah, so he uh, owns his own uh, academy, Berry Academy, mm-hmm. where he like teaches students and stuff all over the country. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, and he works at um, Atlanta um, City Council and um, all these and he also is going to Notre Dame for grad school. He has that like already got a full ride, okay, and baby. all these opportunities were fitted to him through the connections and opportunities of people who had already were sigma men mm-hmm. who were in those positions. Like the president of Fisk is a, a sigma and a member from our chapter, so um, I know a lot of um, brothers who didn't have opportunities in grad school. Like they had the good GPA and everything. You know, it's very difficult to get into grad school just nowadays in general with financial help. And he literally sent a grant over to him just because he had the money at the time was able to help him to pay for grad school at another institution. That, that that alone shows me that, you know, the brother extends farther than, oh, I'm just going to look out for you, you look out for me. It's more of like, I want to see the betterment of another black man's life mm-hmm. and because I know that he has pledged to be a man of, oh, my bad, <laughs> pledged to be a man of brotherhood, um, scholarship, and service, just mm-hmm. like I did, and I'm going to go the extra mile for him. And I think that's the defining principle. Like, us even being here right now is just like, together we're two totally different chapters two totally different people and yet at the end of the day when i see him and see me it's all love because because i know that at the end of the day i could be there for him one day he, he needs uncles you know for his kids in the future i need uncles for mine so you know what i mean so you got only children sorry you got are only children oh no i have two sisters oh <laughs> i got 13 siblings so really papa was a rolling stone <laughs> oh wow 13 i don't know if i could i'm the baby too so really Really, that's interesting. I, I, always, I have this theory that there's no way parents love that amount, that many children equally. Mm-mm. And you're the baby, so of course you're the most loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, no, you understand. I'm the it. most loved and the most hated. I, I wish, get everything. I'm like, I wish more people would just admit, cause I, my mom has six children, and we tell her all the time, like, like we know you love us, but we know you don't love us equally. Cause my little brother, listen. Yeah. So, um, did crossing for you guys do anything for your sense of black pride? Did it elevate it? Did it moderate? Keep it moderate? Like, was there something that was like, oh, you know, my black shit? Oh, man. You want to go first? I got you. I got you. I give you time. That's a tough question. Yeah. I would say it did a little bit of both. Elevated my my black pride because uh, I was proud to be a part of something. I hate it saying it because it sounds cliche bigger than myself. <laughs> literally, you know, you know why I'm saying that. Yeah. Um, but literally, just like I went from being surrounded where gangs was like I looked at gangs like I looked at fraternities. Mm-hmm. Like it was a bad, like it was a bad perception because like back when I was a kid, I was trying to be a crip. I'm trying to be a GD. I'm trying to do them dudes out there. Like mind you, I'm a kid. I have no idea what the actual ramifications. Everything looks fun until you actually end up having to do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Literally, like, you ended up with blue anyway. Though. Ironically, <laughs> as it is, but um, trust me, that did not impact the choice by mm-hmm. any means. But um, no, I just I just feel as if um, for me, it made me just have a sense of okay, now I know I have to live to a certain expectation because I'm mm-hmm. representing something that has been around way before I was even around. And I, and that res- level of responsibility gave me a sense of pride. But at the same time, it moderated that because it was a humbling experience. It was able to humble a lot of the misperception I had about myself. Mm-hmm. And that, therefore, put me in a better position to lead and help others. Mm-hmm. And and it was more of an emotional transformation. So when I when you combine that with my blackness, I guess you could say it elevated and 
put me in a place of balance or equilibrium. That's good. It made uh, I understand like your cliche, like something bigger than yourself, because now you're not just walking around representing you. Mm-hmm. You're walking around representing an entire organization yeah. that's looking for you to to be the best you that you can be. I definitely felt like a a larger sense of pressure, kind of what similar yeah. to what Cam was saying. Like you're, you're no longer just yourself. You're more you represent your organization everywhere you go. So that really made me, for lack of a better word, it made me feel good. You know, like the pride I had in what we were doing to help the community really, really made it feel worthwhile mm-hmm. in joining my organization. So you guys said something about service, scholarship, and something. Brotherhood, scholarship, and service. So, what kind of scholarships? I know you mentioned the program with the children. What kind of organization? What kind of? What would they be called? Would they be called organizations? What kind of things do you guys do yeah. to help okay. to further better the community? Yeah, I know so, you're ready to be on your, you know, nineteen something. <laughs> nah, nah, but scholarship is not. It's more so about our education, mm-hmm. you know? and I definitely feel like, especially at my chapter, we do a great job about holding each other accountable, Definitely. going to the library that's and things. Important. And I feel like that's an, another thing I really enjoy about my organization is just the level of accountability we have when it comes to scholarship mm-hmm. and it comes to our GPAs. Like, early this week, we were just, we were at an event for one of our line brothers, and then after we were like, hey, let's just all go to the library, you know? And even just go through our planners, check off, check off each other's work, like, hey, are you studying for this test? Like, you know, you have this coming up, and I things like that. that. It just happened, walking <laughs> up here, one of the, like, one of the other segments, um, yeah, he had came up and talked. Yeah, to my Nia. Yeah. He was like, hey, man, I didn't do all my tests. I was like, bro, don't worry. I got you, you know. We'll yeah, get through it together. Yep. That's so, good. That's scholarship good. for each other as well as in the community, we have different national programs. Like, mm-hmm. we participate in March of Dimes, yep. March of Babies, uh, the AIDS Walk, things like that. As well as for our chapter specifically, one of our pro fights, uh, Chance Howard, he's a teacher at King Middle School. Dope. He started a program called Ladies and Gents, and it's a traditional program for for eighth grade students going into ninth grade, kind of giving them a good foundation so they don't, for lack of a better word, get lost in the sauce going mm-hmm. to high school, you know, getting caught because up. Because you're office. like, oh my gosh, I'm in this new place, you know. I was just a senior at my middle school, now I'm the bottom of the barrel. Like, yeah. nobody's checking for me right now. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole process. Yep. I understand that a lot. So what would you guys say is the best part? What's the, what makes you like, if you were to tell anybody looking to join, and they ask you, like, what is the best part of this? What is the best thing that this is going to give me? The fact that I don't have to look back to know if I got somebody who's looking out for me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That you're not alone. Yeah, the brotherhood aspect, definitely the networking aspect for me. Mm-hmm. Just when you get out of college, you realize how much bigger Greek life is. Because I feel like as collegiates, we get really caught up in, like, the, oh, we got to do this, we exactly. got to do that. Yep. But when you get out there, you realize that, like, the MPHC as a whole, like, it's a lot. It's a lot of love, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even where I work now, I work, I interned in uh, Mayor Keisha Lane's bottoms office mm-hmm. for intergovernmental affairs, and a lot of the people in the office are Greek, like my direct mm-hmm. supervisor, she's a K, and her direct supervisor, she's a woman, AKA as well. So it's just like having that larger network is definitely like just part of my favorite part. Yeah, I definitely, I, I, um, to, to piggyback off of the networking aspect, um, it's not even just networking in, in, in PAC, it's social currency. It's like the different, Difference between networking is I'm networking with you because you have something I need mm-hmm. and I have something I can, you know, I can compensate you for to receive that need, mm-hmm. right? Social currency is I care about you and your well-being. Mm-hmm. So I'm not only doing this because I know I can get something in return, like a return of investment. It's like, oh, I'm doing this because I genuinely 
want the best for you and I know that this is going to be the tool. Let me give you the tools necessary to do what you need to do. And and now I want you to pay it forward. Like, like a lot of the like things I've talked about but with helping each other and, and helping members of the, like other members of the organization is it's not for the sake of something in return. We yeah. talked about it earlier. That that's how that's there's no need for return of investment. Like, yeah. I literally had uh, like for example my dean who gave me a place to stay mm-hmm. while I stayed for summer school and I was you know improving my GPA. Um, I improved my GPA. I remember at the end of the summer I said okay man like how much money do you want? He's like did I ask you for money at any point in time during the time mm-hmm. he stayed here? I he literally fed me, gave me clothes, I didn't have clothes like and this I'm talking about I'm a little kid with nothing. I'm not used to nobody doing nothing like mm-hmm. that for me. So at first I was resenting. I'm like man what you trying to finesse me? I'm paranoid. Mm-hmm. But like it went from it went from paranoia to like peace. Because I was like, I'm finally at peace with the fact that I can I can rely on somebody else and not have to be worried about, you know, being double crossed or something yeah. going wrong. Like in any aspect, like not just physical, metaphysical, you know. So Okay. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. This was really great. I think that you guys answered all of my questions very greatly. Um, do you guys want to, you know, say anything to the people? <laughs> Nah, this would be the part you usually rapper be like, yeah, my album drop September 30th, you know what I'm saying? I think I'm going to start getting like a little funk flex type vibe and have people spitting or something like you that. You might have to go in. <laughs> and, you got bars low key. I'm, I'm going to keep telling people that just because. I don't have, I don't know where you're getting this from. I, don't, I just want to say it just so one day you actually get forced to have to rap and then I'm going to just laugh because I put you in that position. Nah, I'm not, but I'm not a rapper. <laughs> I'm not, I'm literally. Oh man, this is gonna come out after, but make sure y'all come in pajama. Yes, oh, yeah, yes. Yes. yes, we're actually yeah. coming. So you guys know, at the end, we always do our Black Artist of the Week. If you ever want to be featured as a Black artist, I know you said you do a little something. You just um, we just need you to like our page. You know, you can share it. It's not really mandatory, but um, it will, it will help. <laughs> um, and DM us of whatever kind of work you do, and you know, only main qualification you gotta be Black because we're not supporting. We're, we're not, yeah. let me not say we're not supporting. We are not promoting mm-hmm. any of y'all the shit. So, yeah. you want to go? Yeah. So, this week's Black Artist of the Week, his name is Zori Johnson. Stage name Zori Amar. He's a senior at Morehouse, been making music for four years. He's the perfect cross between hip hop and RB. And he has his new single, Work For It, out now on all streaming platforms. So, make sure to go check him out. You guys definitely like, share, and support our black artists because the biggest thing is the support and like we're saying don't do it in reciprocity like support him because he's good uh, it's at x-o-r-i-a-m-a-r hey check him out follow this link tree link he has in his bio he has literally everything he's done on in a list form he makes it great for you guys click the link follow it you know do what you got to do to support our black artists because representation in the black community in the form of art, because we don't just play basketball we don't. or football. We do everything. We do a lot of shit, y'all. We do it. Exactly, and we need to have representation in creative forms. Like we need to be pushing our black children to express yourself. Exactly. What do you do that expresses yourself? So that's why we are here promoting black artists. So you guys, thanks for listening, and stay black or get back. <laughs>